Welcome everyone to Season 2, Episode 5 of Why the Hell Are We Watching This? And this week we are joined by our lovely friend Draw Phil Draw to talk about creativity. Uh, Phil, would you like to introduce yourself? A few words. Hey everybody, I'm Phil. Uh, I'm a digital media guy who does animation, illustration, and concept art. I really like bombastic characters, weird clothing designs, and organic environments. Hopefully through sharing my, my, uh, my stuff here, um, I can get to know you all a little better. Fantastic. Well, we brought Phil on because we think he's the perfect candidate to talk about creativity, and I'm sure we have extensive personal experience with. So just to get the ball rolling, I think that just as a, a standard definition of creativity that we, maybe we can like work with that isn't too personalized, it's like creativity is the ability to draw aspects from life and channel them as fuel towards creating some kind of product, and I'm sure we all have things to say about that, so anyone else like to talk about their creativity, what it means to them, how it impacts their lives. Um, yeah, that's a great way to, to explain it, like just simply an outlet for expression, an outlet or a vehicle through which you can do what you want. Um, for me, I guess I'll just start off here with what, what, what does creativity mean to me? Uh, I, I've always had trouble like communicating or relating, relating to others in ways that it seemed uh, intuitive to, to my peers. So with the, the universal language that is the visual medium, which is my tool of cho choice, um, whether that's referring to illustration, animation, or graphic design, I've experimented with a wide array of expressive techniques, all for the purpose of communicating things that I couldn't otherwise through conventional means. Um, this journey has just taken the form of becoming a graphic designer, a freelance illustrator, or a caricature artist, and all these streams of influence loop back into the raging waterfall that is my passion for storytelling uh, and creativity. Um, so what art to me is a vehicle through which I try to make myself whole by attempting to get an emotion across to the recipient in hopes that I will, it will resonate with them and echo back to me. It's a conversation, and what I aim to accomplish through the, having these conversations is to expand the perspective of others and in turn my own. And expand your mind, yes. Yes, the mind expands me. Um, do you guys think that this is like generally true for everyone? How creative creativity is something that is a largely personal adventure that kind of expresses things that you can't express in other words, whether it be uh, through like music or whatever. Yeah. Especially as a, uh, as a shy boy, it's, it's really hard to like just talk about stuff. And throughout it's, it feels more personal. And, uh, I'm also like kind of doing stuff. Like I'm also creating stuff and not just talking about it and forgetting about it. Well, right, because creativity is ultimately an extension of yourself and it is an expression of your emotions towards some kind of tangible project. And like once you bring that up in conversation, it becomes not only just um, there, there adds like another layer behind that conversation, which includes the established intent of like, hey, I'm trying to create something. And there's that honesty in that that you have during that conversation that is separate than just saying, hey, what's the nice weather we're having today? Can they lend me two dollars or something? More than that. Now, do you guys think that maybe there are people who are not creative? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like anyone 
uh, I feel like everyone's creative in, in some little way. That's just how I feel. I think that towards any kind of field or concept, people are, there'll be people that are more predisposed towards it uh, versus people who take to it much less. And I guess that like, I always have this, this little mental game I try to think to myself, like what if we, what if we took person that wasn't, let, let's say creatively inclined, they weren't interested in the arts, literature, film or anything like that. And then like you put them, you put them in like a room in like a closed environment and then you just expose them to a bunch of these concepts like honestly and they and we just assume that they like take in that information without like a without bias or without chagrin or anything and then they just expose they're, they're exposed to all this art and we say hey draw something hey write something and we have them do it over time would that not like you would definitely see some progress there no matter like uh how creatively not inclined the person was in the first place i'm not sure like to what extent that's true but i think that yeah, like Phil said, within all people, there's some nugget of creativity that you can, I think, polish and refine and make beautiful, I hope. Um, you, creativity isn't just about creating art. Yeah. You, yeah. you can also, like, just be creative through doing the same job you always do, but, like, maybe doing Thinking. something differently in a different Thinking way. Thinking outside or, the box, maybe. Yeah. Like, even if say you're uh you know you, you stock shelves at kmart or something <laughs> and you've been doing it for a while and you start thinking about attacking problems in a different way is that a creative venture in the same way that like art is i think i think it can be i mean you can you can definitely approach even something like that in a creative way that's interesting um so like Based on what Judo said, I feel like creativity is something that can be learned. I, I I think it's something you can polish, and I think that at some level, people uh, retain that ability. Yeah, it's it's a theory though. I can't I can't test every person for that. Why and not? I, Just do it. And I'll start with you, Noel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Create creativity. Yeah. But like I think that even at a at a more fundamental level, creativity is taking uh, aspects from your environment. Like first of all, you want well, like you have some want to create something somewhere inside of you, and then like with that want, you draw you draw from things in your environment in order to take that those resources and arrive at something different. And it's something that's like um, something that uses those elements in a either in like a efficient way or in a uh, an eye-opening way for some reason that like um, you just take from go from one level to the other and I think that bridge that spans one level to the other is like your your creativity that you can train and build over time maybe hell yeah I like it uh, what, what do you guys think about like how to like like say your mind is fucking fluttering with ideas or some shit okay you're mm -hmm. you're 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 bouncing off the walls you're breaking out of the walls you you yeah. know you, you got creativity out the wazoo but you don't know like how to let it out right you're repressed mm. your creativity <laughs> is stuck inside you how do you oh, how no. do you how do you how do you squeeze it out of your body and and, and expose yourself to other people your creativity <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I think that to match that kind of wild chemical reaction creativity energy, you gotta just like just try fucking everything. You just gotta go and just do something that just just experience more things in that moment while you have that kind of like while you're still like foaming at the mouth of creativity, just do a bunch of shit and it'll be positive. I can I can I can guarantee it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just it's just the reason I asked this is because I feel like uh, there's a lot of people who uh, expressing creativity in some ways like they've never received like a positive response for doing such a thing. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And they just like feel like oh, what's what's the point? Like it's not anything practical. It's just a thing, right? Mm. Um. Do you guys have any, like, words of advice for people who might be going through something like that? I, I mean, um, I'm trying to, like, figure out where you're coming from. I, th- I think I know. But um, for, for those, anyone thinking like that, I, I would just, like, ask them, like, do they listen to music? Do they watch TV? Do they like movies? Or, or, or do they read books? And, like, all that is a creative endeavor. And I would just say, look at that. Look at Look at how you can, like, touch somebody or give them I don't know just like some hope after they come home from a long day of work like there's so much value in that um I I would just like present that in front of them and be like hey you know you can give this a try too and I I think it would be very rewarding if you'd like to try it yeah I, I think it's like um getting people like that to understand that behind each of the the maybe small things, the small pleasures to them that they enjoy. There's someone, there's some creative intent behind that. And then that intent went from concept to actual product. And then that like gap uh, was bridged by someone mm. and then brought into the world. And that's a direct product of someone's creativity and also their problem solving and their, you know, their their determination. And now people are able to experience, you know, iPhones, they're able to experience movies on the go and all that stuff. It's all due to the same process that's been happening you know as long as humans have lived yeah if we uh if we didn't have creativity we'd still be like writing etchings on stone tablets and throwing at yeah. them at each other to like talk we wouldn't get the wheel dude the wheels dank the wheel's a great thing <laughs> yeah so how do you guys express your creativity i guess this this is a good question. Let, let me let's take it from the top. Let's let's start alphabetically, Alex. What what do you do oh, to express oh, yourself? Uh, well, I write songs usually. Not always with lyrics, cause I kind of suck at it. But but I'm, I'm I keep trying. Oh, you said it. You said it earlier. Like you you can express things through art that you can't through words. And lyrics are kind of. They're kind of words. I mean, yeah. So it's totally yeah. I, I totally get that. Do you do anything else or? But like, um, I mean, I've dabbled into many different stuff, but I, but I'm I want to stick with music for sure. Like even even expressing myself with with songs with lyrics, it's still way different than just talking about stuff it feels like um, you, you do a lot of uh, instrumentals too isn't that correct uh yeah sometimes you even yourself don't really know what's happening and uh it's fine to like 
make something kind of vague, but uh, or something like with a vibe that yeah. just clicks with you. And like, it's also really cool that different people who listen to it can get different stuff out of it. And it's not as obvious if you just have lyrics in it, which kind of say everything out loud. Yeah, look at look at Mersbow. They're pretty expressive. They don't say a word. I think uh, working creatively, uh, uh, creatively, <laughs> man, yeah, is definitely both hard work and like a th cathartic endeavor. It's like it's so satisfying to devote yourself towards expression. If we're talking about, I'm I'm leaning towards art more mostly right now. But um, in that in that kind of work, you can really uh, take your kind of philosophies and your kind of feelings. And then just without actually necessarily having to put them all the words, having them put into a product that you just you just foster and polish over time. And like the process of doing that can be, I think, helpful in self-discovery, helpful for uh, just, you know, just your your mind in general to just release and explore different channels and kind of flush itself and devote all of its energy into creating something really cool. And then I think that the fact that it's an actual product and other people can look at it or like use it in some way, I think you can share that feeling, which is just a great thing to have all around. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, our art and music and video games and movies and TV and fucking books, dude, books are sick. Anyway, all that shit is like so good because you can possibly like make people connect to your art in a way that they'll never connect to anything else because you're expressing yourself through them and they might understand completely how you feel not not yeah on the surface level not with words but like on the deeper level yeah, oh, yeah. so i think that's pretty cool that's pretty sick right Absolutely. guys yeah <laughs> i i like it yeah uh, what what do you do, Phil? I mean, you say you're an illustrator, but like, do you find yourself doing any other ventures creatively? Yeah. Um. I mean, even though illustration and digital painting is like my main thing, I I do I do three animation, um, and and that's it's similar, but it's it's a little different because uh, it brings sound, which was one of my first loves. I mean, just music. Uh, I I, I used to want to be like a paid musician and stuff. I mean, I still play, but with a uh, with animation, I can I can not only uh, do my my drawing and communicate that way, but I have sound and I can control the the tone and emotion of what I'm trying to convey, like even more precisely, um, and hone in on what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you told me that you were a busker. How was that? Busker. <laughs> yeah, dude. Did you enjoy busking? I did. No, le legit. I. Oh, oh my god! I can't believe you brought that up. Uh, <laughs> I, I, me and my friends, we we used to in high school, a weird bunch of guitar boys, and we thought we were so cool. We wouldn't even have a case. We just like sling it over our shoulder and walk around town, busking, busking in the in the heat, summer heat. Um, and we would always go to this one Starbucks nearby and we'd sit in the shade of this like shopping complex and just be really annoying and play covers of like 
pop punk songs and mostly get bad looks but then like if we saw other teenagers they'd be like oh that's so cool <laughs> and you know and that felt that that was a high that like i rode for years um, and <laughs> I, I don't peaked. regret it at all <laughs> no that's sick yeah uh i was yeah it, it sounds like it's a lot of fun if I saw, like, me from the past doing that, like, if I walked up and came across that, I would just be kind of like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Would you, would you give yourself ten cents? Would you put a nickel in your own hat? Oh, I totally would. And I'd, I'd ask them to play me some Blink-182 okay. or something. Yeah. <laughs> cheers, cheers to that. Uh, how did you guys... Uh, how did you guys get, like into your like creative endeavors and like discover your creativeness because i feel like as as humans like we're, we're kind of born with like a blank slate and we're sculpted over time to become like who we are and what we are mm-hmm. uh do you guys have any like specific memories of like your your formative creative moments like any big uh, what what's the word? Were you inspirations from from, from anything that really just impacted you really hard? So, my big inspiration was, except the fucking sad boy thing, which came later, after I already got a decent skill set. Um, it was surprisingly boredom. I was just fucking bored, sitting in my room all day. Uh. I, I even like being alone, and I I was just looking for stuff on the internet, and um, I found stuff that I, that I that I was into, and I tried doing it because I had nothing else to do, and that was great. You 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 hit up you you pirated Fruity Loops, <laughs> and from then on you were you were the man you are today. Um, I mean, you know. <laughs> do you like do you feel like you wanted to make music do, were there any like youtubers or like any specific bands that you really vibed with the idea of like making music through them oh no um no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i was li- when I, when i was starting out i was listening to like shit on the radio not knowing any songs but like you know shouts out to Katy perry then <laughs> yeah, man. Shoutouts to uh, to friends of the show, Old City. Yeah, Old City. Uh, Adam Young, our friend, our friend, longtime friend of the show. Hey. <laughs> oh shit! Where was I? Uh, I mean, my my brother, my brother showed me Fruity Loops like eight or nine, which was out at the time, and like, I thought it was cool. I was just playing around in it a lot. I like my music taste was basically nothing at that point, and like over time, what when I came to deeper and understand like musical concepts, my taste grew like stronger too, and I knew what I liked and what I wanted to do. And then I also picked up the trumpet and guitar and stuff. Uh, and yeah, so you, it was it was fun story. That's the story of how Alex came to like XXX Tentacion. <laughs> so you didn't have some constant burning desire to open up FL Studio and become 
the best FL Studio manga co of all time or anything. It's like you found that. Oh no, that that came found later. That over time. Oh my god! Well, when I was Studio. when I was yeah. sad about goats. What's up? Are you are you about to mention how One Piece was your formative moment? I'll, I'll hold back, but it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on, I have, I have something to add too. I also draw a lot and always used to, and I guess that came from the same place too. That like I uh, I hated school, you know you know how it is, and then yeah. I I I didn't want to do anything but like be bored at school in school, so I just started drawing because paper and pens were in front of me and that's it. Okay, so you, you just kind of like found the opportunity to let the creative juices flow throughout yeah. your life. What, what about you? What about you, Judo? I just think that from a very young age, I was just obsessed with doing a bunch of shit that was around me. Since I have an older brother, he um, he's also into music and arts very like nominally. But then at some point he, he immersed himself in like <laughs> mathematics and then just kind of fucked off in his You're room. Your canonically aloof brother, <laughs> My canonically yes. aloof brother, right. But as a result, there are always these video games and books lying around, and sometimes I'd see him playing, like, an MMO on his computer, and then just over time by myself, after he went to college, um, I just, like, well, even before then, I was just, like, picking up the shit around the house and, like, reading every book and, like, drawing random pictures. I remember I used to, um, like, uh, take, take uh, these these fantasy books and trace over all the characters of the fantasy books like as I was like crawling around the floor and like being unsightly and, and just like trying to scramble and get every kind of creative output I could I started you know drawing I diddle around like a kid guitar that I was horrible at I played oh, I like yeah, um same. after my brother got off the computer I'd like walk up to the computer and see what sites he was on and then like come back to it later when he wasn't there and then I'd uh like I, I just I got into gaming from the Wii, the DS, and as I grew up and grew older, I decided that like I started thinking about like I enjoyed doing all of these things. Then I decided that I would definitely enjoy creating those things, and I just started thinking about shit. I want to create all of these these cool ass things, and I began to dabble and like uh, began to do drawing lessons, began to. Um, played the guitar more seriously, I played a shit ton of instruments that were probably a huge waste of money. I'm sorry, my parents. I even tried in... Dude, the Arhu is the so Arthur worth it. The was not worth it. <laughs> the Arhu is not worth it. <laughs> the Arhu, the Arhu, yeah. But, um, I even, like, besides, um, besides just art stuff, I, like, I did a bunch of, I did, like, acting classes, I did vocal classes, I did a bunch of classes because it was just, I was so enamored with the idea of getting skills so I could then, I promised myself that I'm gonna get these skills now so I can use them in the future and then make some cool shit. And that's brought me to like, I I draw pretty regularly even though I can't find my fucking tablet pen, it's around here somewhere. I, uh, I also did all around in FL Studio and I um, play guitar, electric guitar and electric bass uh, more recently. And I'm, you know, studying coding for college, but I'm trying to take all of those and write shit and create a bunch of shit in the future. And now. So, it sounds like you had a more pragmatic view towards how to achieve creativity. Yeah, it's like all I thought about during my school years. It was pretty much just, um, 
like, oh shit, I have this awesome idea. I just wanna, I just wanna go home and do it. I just wanna write some shit. And, yeah, Hell and yeah. writing Hell that shit, yeah. even though of course all that shit is like awful. It's all awful, and that's true for everyone who writes something at like twelve years old. But writing it is so developmental and it's so fun in the moment that it was, it's so worth it. And to do that, well. I'd like to note that I don't think that, like, creativity needs to even be in the same, like, held to the same, like, standard or regard as, like, skill, per se. Yeah. Like, look at, look at, like, outsider art and shit, dude. That's, that stuff's so cool, even though it's not technically good, you oh, know yeah, what I, I mean? I know what you mean. I don't think that creativity necessarily has to, it's, it's not... It's definitely not locked to any kind of medium or lifestyle or anything. It's just like, at, at its fundamental level, you take something, you make something else with the power of your brain and the environment. And, like, it can express its way in uh, tons and tons of different ways. There doesn't even need to be a product sometimes. Like, even going to a business meeting or something and proposing a creative solution to your company's sewage overflooding <laughs> tract problem. That's creative. Listen, we just fix the problem. Just put, take the problem. With the sewage. Just take the problem. And by, by implementing racial purity, <laughs> it's all we need to yeah. do. It's simple and it's out of and the if, box. We haven't tried it yet. And if that yet. doesn't work, so we can take the problem and push it out of the box, away from us. Yeah. Yes, on to someone, someone else, else, preferably a minority, yeah. you know? <laughs> See, shit works. Oh. It took a weird turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. What do you... Okay, ra- racism aside, uh, what, do you, what do you think... What do you think your your formative moments as far as creativity goes, Phil? What, what, what uh, do you think they were? What do you think about them? I have a couple, like little uh, aha moments or checkpoints for my life I, I have a cute little story from when i was a kid um when, when pokemon in the 90s was really big and my mom got me this poster with all with the original 151 on them oh. and uh i remember very clearly uh, i was in a very dark room uh and mario party was on in the background and I was I drew a weeping bell for some reason. <laughs> that was the first thing I ever drew. Hell yeah. It was so crappy and disgusting and just colored with the just the the worst these old ass crayons. But like I was really proud of it. And I showed it to my mom. She was like, Whoa, you can do that. It's like magic and I was like, Whoa. Um so that was like my first ever thing where I showed it to someone and I got validation, I guess. Um and then, hmm? I do still have it. <laughs> yes. I do. Can, it's can in you, my basement. Uh, can you post a picture sometime? If you can, if you can I post can, a picture, we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I, I can I'd scan it. Um, but I took that same drawing to school the next day, and I, all the other kids were like trying to draw, but only a couple kids in the class were like the draw boys. But <laughs> I, I remember like um, some kid drew a Psyduck much better than oh. I did. And all the kids were, like, gathered around this, this one Psyduck kid. And he was like, yeah, I'm cool. And I was like, hey, anyone want to see my weeping doll? <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody give a oh, shit. No. <laughs> did, did you one-up him? And, and then you swore. Did you immediately one-up him? And then I turned, you get your revenge. Yes, I turned to the dark side that day. 
I got my one my one instance of validation and never again. And never, ever since then, I've just been, well, fuck them. I'll just draw for myself. <laughs> You've been hunting for that moment. You, you just want to catch that lightning in a bottle once more. Phil, what you should have done, you should have instead gone home and drawn a gold duck and brought it to school the next day. Go, bam, oh. bitch, it's gold duck. It's even better than a side duck. Damn. <laughs> It's been 21 yeah. years. Then you would have you would have walked down the path to light instead of darkness, if you drew that gold duck. I, I should find him and draw, show him a, show him like a super rendered. Gold <laughs> yeah. Like, what now, bitch? <laughs> I, I think what really got under my skin was like he wasn't like, uh, he that was like one the one thing he drew and then he never drew again, and then I was the draw nice. boy, but like no one gave uh, a shit because they, they they he just drew the one side duck and I drew squandered. for like years. He squandered his potential, dude. It's gone. Yeah. He looked up, like, a tutorial online, like, how to draw Psyduck, <laughs> and he, like, followed it to a T. And, like, this this guy, like, he, he still draws, but he only draws Psyduck, but, like, it's with <laughs> such perfect fluidity and grace. Like, it's amazing. It's like a fucking modern Picasso is. Anyway. Uh, it's like how Da Vinci yeah. drew an egg every day for, like, his entire life or something like that, just over and over again drawing an yeah. egg. Except with this guy, it's a Psyduck. With just one, with yeah, one fluid hand motion, he draws one Psyduck. <laughs> it's just a single stroke, <laughs> yeah. a single stroke of the pen. I, I know who he, I know who he is. No, no one else understands. I've carried the secret with me. I, I know who you are, Brandon. You fucker. Yeah. you know? What about me? Uh, I don't know. When I was like eleven or twelve. Uh, well, when I was, like, ten, actually, my, my cousin, like, showed me Magic the Gathering, mm. uh, and yes. uh, he was like, hey, I'll give you these cards when you're twelve, so, like, uh, he he gave them to me, and I went to my, like, local card store, and I met, like, all the D&D people, and I started playing with them, so I feel like that was, like, a big part of, like, my creative, my creative awakening, uh, the same cousin kind of like I don't know he he like played RuneScape and shit and he was like older than me so I'm like oh dude he's cool he's doing this yeah. cool thing I want to do this cool thing so like I, I just think like generic fantasy shit like Dungeons and Dragons and RuneScape and Magic the Gathering is kind of what got me into it and I don't know. I I would say it's pretty telling in how I view things today. <laughs> um, so I'm way about. I I, I want to spare you guys the D and D story because I'm pretty sure I've told it on the podcast before. But Probably. yeah, yeah. I wondered. D and D is cool, and it fosters creativity in children, and I think it's a really cool thing. <laughs> and more people should do it. It definitely does. Being the. Uh being the dungeon master you get to orchestrate your own your own story and use your use your lungs to tell to say words and those words can be charged with emotions and it's great well that's the that's the thing it's like it's it's like acting but for babies like <laughs> a little bit it's it's uh i you know that might sound like it has negative connotation but it's really like entry level acting and you can take it as far as you want to you know what no, i mean I yeah you can take it to the moon there are people who fucking their job is to play dungeons and dragons on a weekly podcast and that's what they oh, do so, for a living uh, <laughs> like, the adventure zone 
Yeah, yeah. So um, like uh, a YouTuber guy called Econ uh, just put out a video about anime elitism, mm. and uh, I just wanted to bring that up. It's in the show notes. <laughs> okay, it's good. Just it's really interesting. I don't want to plug I, Econ. Isn't he a dick? I mean, kind of. <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to mention something earlier because we're bringing up specific moments of inspiration or childhood, and I didn't bring up anything. So. I think that musically and just like in my life, finding about Savant, finding out about Savant or this guy named oh, Alexander yeah, Vinter. Definitely. Yeah. Can you like give me the like like the the primer on Savant? Because I didn't know you always talk yeah. about him. I have no fucking idea what yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about. So I, I found Savant back in like I think seventh grade, end of sixth grade, and he's this Norwegian EDM producer. But like by EDM, I mean just electronic producer. Back then, he was making a lot of more more chiptune hype uh like heavy electronic stuff but eventually like the way he did it was so was so like immediately gripping to me and so bombastic and like every time i heard anything he did like my mind just exploded and my erection like went through the ceiling and then that happened (laughs) for like literally my entire life until now but he's this norwegian uh producer and he has savant syndrome which is why his name savant so like savant syndrome is this is this form of autism where um it's described he describes it as he's really good at one thing but really bad at everything else it was famously said in an interview mm. so like he just spent his life working in fl studio which is why i picked up fl studio and just like just created all these incredible all this incredible music that is charged with so many different themes over time like over time he strayed away from his chiptune music to just do like to do like this weird arabic like middle eastern album out of nowhere and then do this like uh child rock album that he inspired by his childhood going to weird space shit and like he has such a great mastery over his um his tools that i just found it fascinating it made me want to create music every time i remembered he was in my life he's just like my favorite person i love him so much he was definitely a big inspiration for me yeah, too. I, like, uh, there are like a couple of really long interviews with him, and it's really yes, interesting. Yes, they're, they're like the way he talks about his music and his process. Yeah. And specifically, shit. there's a video. I don't want to get too long with the Savant thing, but specifically, there's one video where it's um, the Future Music magazine interviewed him in his studio in like I think yes. it was in Norway back in like 2010. So they went up to his like dank attic, yeah. and he was like, "This is my dank attic. It's really cold in here. Let's make a track." <laughs> and like the first thing he did was he opened up a studio, and he said like, "Well, I don't really want to explain how you know you can use the synthesizer to make the sound, and because because everyone's done that before. So what I'm gonna do is that I'm gonna take my mic, start recording, and go." <laughs> And just make a bunch of random noises into the mic and then put them like into a synthesizer and like fuck it up and then use that to create this like sick ass alienish melody and then work with that on the spot. And the entire video is this two hour thing of just him going from start to finish. And it's so fucking fascinating the way he does it. It inspires me every time. So yeah. Yeah. yeah he was like in the show. From what I, huge from what I understand from what I understand of Savant Syndrome, it's like for those sorts of things like the like how it works and how to construct these things just clicks right in their mind you know what i mean like it's it's almost second nature to them to just be able to make or do whatever the subject matter is it's the same thing with the people that are like uh 
they have savant syndrome and they're like really good at math or yeah. or really really good at you know fucking charcoal drawings but nothing right. else no other art you know and it's yeah. like to add that uh, i just want to say that like i think that talent in general is just a natural predisposition towards a certain kind of act or or thought process and i think that savant syndrome is like an extreme version of that where they're so good at that one thing like they're so attuned to that specific branch of like brain activity that like they can't be attuned anywhere else or to a much much uh, limited degree much more limited degree but yeah i love savant the, the thing you the thing you said about uh yeah yeah talking about savant syndrome being only like good at one yeah. thing uh i relate to that a right. lot i i feel like drawing's all i'm good for and I, I'm shit at math or science or anything, so I'm kind of stuck here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all I can do. I'm, I can't get out. Man. Even if I wanted to. I'm like, I don't know, opposite. man. I think you could be a good mechanic. You could, you, you could work on cars, I bet. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't know, because I haven't tried. So. See? There you go. You could just kind of try. Man, I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like kind of a jack of all trades with like art stuff. But like, I can do like, I draw, I make, I edit videos, I do like sound design and all this shit. And I'm not that good at anything at all. Being a jack of and trades it's, it's kind is of torture. Annoying. It's torture over yeah. time. It's so torture. Um, I think having a general knowledge on how to do most things is useful. Yeah, I agree. But like. Yeah. Even even if you're not excelling at everything, being able to do like there are people who just can't like edit a video, and those doors are just not open to them until they learn yeah. how. So I don't think that you should ever put yourself down for not being spectacular at one thing, but being proficient in most things or even like a handful of things you know oh, it's just frustrating i think it's more so that instead of like um of course general knowledge is extremely useful and all that but it's more like when you're doing it creative uh with your creative efforts it's like that creative power is being split in multiple directions and you can't get a good focus on one thing and like since create uh creativity you want to uh, create some product that is like that was worthy of the time you put into the effort. You want it to be as best as possibly can. If you're taking that like light beam of creativity and like shiny on like a mirror, and that that light fragment hits another mirror fragment, fragments everywhere. You can't really get that product, even if you know like uh, just a fundamental level in in a bunch of fields, and you ha you gain some general knowledge because of that. I think that like if you give it enough time, have not having a clear focus that you can progress towards is like very painful, and I many years I've had this problem well do you think that <clears throat> perhaps the progress is there but it's just slower than it would be if you were devoting yourself to one thing I don't think it's necessarily yeah. like it's like a progress bar that can go slower or faster just that because I think that when you focus yourself towards one specific creative intent you learn more about yourself specifically through that and you become better at it not just like not just because you've been doing it for a long time, but, like, the more you devote, like, your mind towards one thing, like, like, uh, 
the greater your understanding yeah. is. It's like it. if we're going by like there's a progress bar, you're getting better and it's filling up. When you devote yourself into one field, that progress bar like breaks and like into this giant pool and see it, it, it kind of expands beyond what you're capable of before. And I don't think you can just like casually do that on a slow burn with all of your other activities. I think you got to focus to do that. I mean, well, it's it's cool to like be able to express yourself through different things. But like, yeah. the better you are at one thing, the more clearly you can express whatever you're feeling or want to do. And like, it's 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 kind of hard to like kind of express yourself, but not but not not exactly how you want it. And I feel like that's, a, that's pretty frustrating. wonder if there's, like, a specific term for this, because I feel like it is a common feeling. There, I feel like there's a term somewhere out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coin it. It's going to be creative impotence. Is, mm. that, is that cool? Sounds cool enough. Let's go with it. <laughs> All right. So, I guess since it's a feeling that you and uh, Alex have, Phil, who doesn't have that feeling necessarily how how do you like how would you recommend they like focus their efforts to like maybe try to be more like you as far as like putting more effort into one thing rather than spreading yourself out um well i've heard you guys talk about this this a lot this like creative impotence thing or being a dabbler or whatever um and, well, uh, I I'm the dabbler. <laughs> oh, that's so, true. Yeah, yeah, you're the. That's my that's dabbler. my title. I'm the dabbler extraordinaire. But yeah, I continue, won't take that away continue. from you. Um, but um, I like a lot a lot of uh, pe- people your age um, uh, work work with a lot of mediums like that, and like it's not a bad thing. Like I did it at that age too, and. Uh, but that that's I think that's something you should go through because you try all these different things but then you sort of zone in on what you want or, or what you see you're the most uh, inclined at or the most skilled at and you kind of just go towards that like I've, I've tried a bunch of different stuff creatively I mean it's all been creative stuff but like like I've tried sculpting or I, I, I dabbled in painting back in high school and I wasn't for me, but now I'm a painter. Let's go yeah. figure. But, um, there, and like I did music in high school for like four years and I didn't even draw. And like, sure, I go back and regret that, be like, oh man, I could have been drawing and be super good right now. But now I'm going to art school and like I have a senior thesis, I have to do a short film. And now all of my skills working with music are coming back and it's making my animation better all the for it and so it's like i wouldn't regret like trying all these different things right now like it's i think it's natural man um you you know it's just all part of the journey and um just like whatever you you enjoy the most just start going toward down that road and start building up skill towards that and you'll figure that out for yourself you know i i think that like exploratory probing into like different creative uh creative ideas is definitely like a normal thing and a good thing yeah Mm -hmm. i I agree i wanted to Um, add that when i meant that um that eventually you, you had to focus to get some kind of extraordinary result i'm not saying you should isolate yourself to one task or one field or anything 
Like my my point was mm. more just that in the process of like if you try to divide all of your creative effort like evenly or like to, among many things, like it's not going to be as beneficial towards you as a person and for your content just over time and like that's something i've experienced as a person but like i think that mm. you know uh this is it is a natural process i think i think that especially around this age frame once you're graduating high school you start to think about your future you start to think about what am i really in this world i want meaning i want something more <laughs> and yeah. um like maybe you you start thinking about like the mortality of life i've already spent 18 years of my life and i haven't done <laughs> shit and then you start looking at people dying. Wait, shit, death is actually the end. Oh, my God. And then I think out of that... Don't remind me. Yeah, I think, like, okay. out of the realization of that, like, like taking all this information in, like, uh, you just want to do so many things, but you're, you're still young. You can't focus yourself, like, and develop your skills in an efficient way. Maybe you don't know how to. And I, I hope I can learn how to do that soon. Yeah. Like, the the thing is, is that, like, you know, re repetition is the key to mastery, That's repetition over a long period of time, true. but you gotta think, like, myself, I'm turning 24 in, like, seven days, like, Phil is, like, 20 million years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Phil, Phil is 26, I think. Yeah. Um, and you guys are, like, 18, so, like, you gotta think, like all of the time that you've spent on this earth like you still have like four to five times that amount of time if you're lucky you know sure. and if you don't sorry man you you didn't get lucky <laughs> uh, but you you have a lot of mm. time to to hone whatever like how long have you been like seriously putting effort into art oh god god uh, phil so. Oh me? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I I just like threw it out there, but I wanted to ask Phil specifically. Okay. I've only been serious for four years. Yeah. Um, now, imagine when you're like fucking forty, dude, and you put twenty four years into yeah. it. Yeah. And you 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 seriously tried to hone your craft, like right. that. That that amount of time is like almost incomprehensible because that's a lifetime to us right now. But it's that's a great point, actually. It's it's going yeah. to happen. You there know? are there are kids in high school that are oh, I see on Twitter that are like way better than I am, and I get like, but like <laughs> yeah. you know, like I'll I'll have like for those fourteen years until forty, mastery is possible. You know, yeah. I, I started way late, but like. There's, there's so much time yeah. still. There are people that, like, in their 60s, they retire and they decide, I want to get into painting. Yeah. yeah. And by the time they're, like, 80, they're, like, amazing, like, skilled craftsmen. And they're creating these wonderful works. And it just started out as, like, a hobby. Right. And these guys are, like, as old as dirt. Yeah. You and know? I want to point out, too, that a lot of people, especially in, like, anime... Well, not specifically in anime, but um, all these mangakas and directors and people that do, like, uh, they're creative like work. Yeah, they're all in their 40s. And, the 40s is young for that kind of that kind of occupation. Like, everyone's around their 50s, and, like, once you, once you get to that point, I think that at that point in your life, you have enough experience and you've gone through enough of, you know, your life that you can efficiently put together and channel your creativity into something that people or maybe just yourself love be it anime how, or not how old is 
how old is Hideaki He's Anno? He's like 46, 7? He's a young god, yeah. dude. <laughs> he's, he's so young for his age. Compared he's to like... Fif what? 58. Oh, oh shit. shit. Dude, he doesn't look 58. He, he has oh, the charming shit. smile of a 30-year-old dude. Whenever yeah. he strikes an Ultraman pose, I like I assume he's 20 years younger than he is. Yeah. I watched I watched uh, Shin Godzilla yesterday. It was so sick. Nice. Oh, also yeah. today, the fucking... Tr teaser for the last Evangelion oh, yeah. movie came out. I saw that. Finally. I saw you posted that. Yeah. Um, I'm hyped. My boy Anno taking his creative intent and putting forth a product once again. Let's hope it doesn't Hell suck. Yeah, dude. I bet he doesn't think about how he's not good at everything. Oh yeah, not at all. Alright guys. Here's <laughs> the thing. Uh, what do you think of like the theory that it's kind of luck if you become a jack of all trades or like focus on one thing easily mm, by luck it depends on mm. and it depends on uh, like people you surround yourself with yeah like your, like your success true. like i mean no i i'm i'm a subscriber to the idea that like your surroundings and who you expose yourself create who you are as a being yeah so like yeah as far as it goes, like, especially when you're, like, 18, 19, 20, 30, whatever, fucking young, not 30, but young, like, the people you've surrounded yourself with this thus far in your life are generally random. Like, you just, you didn't get a choice, right? Yeah. You yeah. got your parents, you got your family members, you got whoever was in your neighborhood, whoever went to your school, you know, but other than that, you don't branch out you know phil's going to college and i'm sure you know phil phil has like a collective of artists that he's surrounded himself with mm. and yeah, that's why I, I went yeah and and like a lot of a lot of people there's like a a common consensus about college or not college but art college specifically is you don't really go to art college to become a better artist but you go for the environment. You go to like make these connections that will help you become a better artist. Not through the college itself, but through the people in the college. Yeah, you know? that's, that was kind of my thinking when I applied to art college. Absolutely. Um, that's Before I uh, applied to the college that I'm at right now, I was kind of stuck in a rut. Um, I mean, I was still putting out content but it was kind of going into a black void where I would just get likes here and there, but I wasn't talking to anyone, and it just felt like I wasn't progressing at all. I just felt stuck, and if I didn't have anyone to, I don't know, just tell me what's wrong with my piece, or just tell me, ask me, like, what were you trying to express, or, or stuff like that. Like, that that really goes a long way, um, and it's... it. If I don't have that, I guess, or someone to bounce off of, like I said in the beginning, like it's a conversation, and if it's just dead in the water, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to get excited about doing work. Yeah, because being yeah. in an art college is such positive stress on you. Like you're walking around all these halls and you're seeing these like really yeah. gorgeous. There are all these cute Asian I'm girls. So they're all these. They're all these really cute Asian girls <laughs> as drawings on the wall and not in the actual halls. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. you, you have all these beautiful not, works not my school beautiful works in the hallways and you're walking through them like every day and you're like holy shit it's so good 
when you go into your class and you have time, like you're surrounded by these people that have created these works, and you're like, I have this uh, intent to be better, and I'm going to, like, hopefully utilize my environment and tools to get better. And you get your nose to the grindstone, you talk to other people, and, like, just being in that environment is so, like, synergistic, and, like, it puts yourself under, like, this constant positive pressure that's so helpful, I think. Because I actually, I took a, uh, a few classes at an art college, too, and I felt, like, such positive stress from it that I also applied to art school, but yeah. I'm not going to art school <laughs> for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, um, I just want to, like, uh, kind of further my point here. So this isn't just about art, though. Like, I feel like... Yeah, sure. Like, y- any endeavor that you have, creative or otherwise, like, networking is so big yeah. into it. Like, look at anyone, any YouTube man, or, like, fucking e-celebrity or whatever... And look at, like, how they got to where they were. You know, you you can say, like, it was a lot of hard work, but if you really dig into their past, you kind of see who they maybe impressed or kind of got in with, and it kind of gave them a platform to become what they are. Like, what do the millennials watch nowadays? Uh, Ethan and Hila from H3H3, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if you go back, you realize that, like, he edited videos for JonTron. Like, it, it just makes sense that he is where he is. Even if he even if he wasn't making, like, that good of content, he still has that, like, environment to succeed, right? And I don't think it's something that he... That, that was placed upon him, but it was something that he worked to get, you know... So and now, uh, now he's hanging yeah. out with Post Malone. Now he's hanging out with Post Malone. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, but in, in all these people. Yeah, man. How? No yeah. man is an how island. How do you get? No man is an island. How do you get it? I don't know, man. Talk to Ethan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Find him. We'll do I, I want to. I want to say something about art school. Um, <laughs> it's it's being in art school is like being in the middle of a sports anime <laughs> and or and you're like your major is like your team yes and like all the the geniuses or whatever and you look up to them and you see them doing super well and their arts just hung on the wall you're just like oh i must do better <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so yeah, like man motivating dude like oh my god you don't even know that it's there's there's some people that are yeah, so man. good yeah and then someone like breaks their leg and has to drop out of college and you're like no he was part of the team <laughs> no <laughs> if they break their leg they stay even if you got your arms you can draw that's all you need yeah. exactly uh, not if you're a cattle will show you that's right <laughs> that's right then use your feet and then they have the super the secret techniques where where like a mul- they'll have multiple arms when they're drawing on the tablet, yeah. and I'm just like so intimidated. Yes. But like I get this fighting spirit, and I just want to get. It's my my favorite uh, anime steel frame. The multiple arms, like while drawing, yeah. it's great. Uh, I'm sure though, like m- multiple times in the last like year, I would I would go as far as to say year. You have like been talking to one of your artist friends and learned something that you didn't know oh yeah um everyone knows something um not everyone knows everything i I say that a lot it's very true 
Yeah, and it's just it's just the 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 the, the, the people you surround yourself with just really cultivate a, a sick learning experience for yeah. you. Yeah, man. And, and then I'm at my school. You're in court. You're encouraged to dive even deeper by uh, joining clubs or competing in contests that are art contests that our school holds. And there's all kinds of little things that you can do on your little RPG tree, mm. your yeah. metaphorical tree. That's a great better. crisis. That's that should be encouraged everywhere. So, which which is actually gonna bring me to our next topic. Um, today marks the first annual what art competition <laughs> okay the four of us oh my god are going to uh get together and we're gonna see who can make the best chainsaw wood carving okay yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um, wood sculpture sorry wood sculpture that's wild okay. blindfolded right? any wood right. sculpture well it has to be made with a chainsaw and a god. log of wood no, that's unreal. No, I've seen it live. I've seen no. it live. It's real. Yeah, I, those guys like juggle chainsaws, dude. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> can we actually do something? Like hell, hell no! I don't want to compete against you. Guys. At least like do a collab for like the background image or something. Uh, uh, guys, that sounds. That sounds just like work subtly like asking an artist to give us free art mm. Fair. i'm just saying Fair. i want to say something about the wood phil, carvings phil, phil is phil after, is after. at the point in his career where when people ask him for free art it becomes offensive it's oh so my god funny. i had a moment like that the other day because <laughs> like i my first degree it, art degree was graphic design and like I, I know some stuff about that but some some kid at work uh i don't care if he listens to this <laughs> but um he he like he he was like a, a novice writer and dude don't be a pussy name drop him i'm, I'm calling you out zach if you oh, know, shit. But, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, you, motherfucker you should know all right all right so he's he's like this writer and like he he came up with this little design for the book for this book he wants to publish. It's his first book. Um, he was like, hey, uh, I have this design for a book, and, like, you're a designer. I was wondering, like, what, you, if you could, like, quote me, like, how much it would be. Like, I don't know anyone else about this. And I, I was like, what's your budget? And and then he, like, he was like, oh, I was thinking, like, $10. <laughs> now, I, I was just, like, I gave him, like, the dead stare, and, like, Zach... <laughs> How long do you think I could live for on ten dollars? And he was like, "Oh, I, I guess that's not much." I you know? not. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't study graphic design for like three or four years to get ten dollars to live <laughs> yeah. off of. And that's, he was like, that's, "Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense." Um, that's twenty sheets hot dogs, though. Shut up! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> mm. <laughs> to be fair, ten. To be fair, well. it just sounds like I'm he was misinformed, saying. and he's not actually like. Uh, he yeah, totally yeah. was, but I totally just like hey, maker. Okay, yeah. Him. No, I, I get like, it. Oh, <laughs> I've, I've I've had so many people ask me for free shit or for exposure that the meme yeah, is it, real and yeah, it's bro. just annoying. I mean, you kind of have to do this, or else no one will get it. You want to draw my OC, bro? Can you draw my tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> can you draw my OC? It's exposure. You'll love it. Oh, <laughs> I don't want I, I don't want to shit on people that much, but I think it's so it's funny, 
like how entitled people get <laughs> when like it comes to someone doing art. They're like, dude, I dude, just draw my tattoo, dude. It's it'll take you like five yeah. seconds. <laughs> it's like, come on, dude, really? You just draw the cool ass. Yeah. <laughs> the cool ass. The yes. the underestimation of like underestimation of art in general by like the general public is so fucking gross it's like people don't understand that art is fucking grindingly hard it's so hard and uh, it's so hard being an artist and so hard doing art and learning art that like well yeah yeah, if you want a finished piece it can take anywhere between two to four hours you know? I said in the, but it's still imagine, so satisfying if you if you keep at it. Yeah. If the dude wanted you to draw like a book cover or some shit, that could take you like fucking eight, yeah. twelve hours or some shit. Imagine paying yeah, someone ten dollars for twelve hours of work. Yeah, I said that yeah. like, there's an example of like, oh, well, you get back get back to the client with like how long it took you, and it's like, oh, it took me like five hours, and it's like, oh, that's not long. Well, it's like, well, maybe that took me ten years to be able to do it in yeah. five hours. <laughs> I wanted to bring up I said this in the school episode but uh, since my mom works at the local art college and she uh, helps manage the international students I mentioned that Uh, yeah I mentioned that um, every year we bring in this batch of students from China and like every student from China that comes here is rich because of course they are they have to fly overseas college education and a lot of them have like shiny cars but some of them they have all this money and they have like very barely barely any interest in art and they're not that good at all and like their parents just send them over because they think that well my son or daughter is a failure i guess i'll just ship them to art school because art is easy just become an artist just go draw it's it's no problem and then and then (laughs) they act really surprised when my mom tells them your son fucking sucks he failed everything you suck Go home and like what? But, uh, like, but what? Chinese people the opposite does of your Japanese mom, people. Does your mom truly no, say no, that? No, but though? I want her to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a real it's, thing. You're you're painting your mother in a harsh light. No, it's here. a good it's a good light. I think. <laughs> I don't know. She sounds. That's what they deserve to, to be told. But yeah, every every year it happens. So? Every year. <laughs> oh, not a fan. Dude, maybe if she was a better teacher, she could teach. She, she doesn't teach. <laughs> she advises. She's a great advisor. Yeah. Oh, she's okay. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah, yeah. around. Does, uh, does this school not require a portfolio or anything? Um, it's like a community college, right? No, it's a, it's an art college. It's a. Um, oh. I think that if you're from China, there are specific guidelines towards like getting into an art program that like. I think you get like your mini, your mini tiny baby degree, and hey, I can draw a circle in Chinese, and then they send you over. Like, of course, everyone that comes over has at least some skill. Um, a circle in Chinese, like it's just a square. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But I think that just because you're from China, they're like, oh shit, we got to get them over here as, as like fast as possible. So they take a lot of liberties uh, with the admission. Yep. Because even if they come for one year and drop out because they suck, that's one year worth of foreign, dirty Chinese money they have in their hands. Very valuable. Damn. Dirty Chinese money. (laughs) Quoted by Judo. (laughs) Um. But yeah, uh, art is underestimated. And we keep keep going back to art, which is kind of natural, but like, creativity is just art. Believe me, guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's just art is the yeah, easiest is. like thing to talk about when it comes to yeah. creativity because 
you know, we all yes. do it, and it's easy as shit. Yeah, and, real easy. You know, that's yep. it. Oh yeah, I wanted to bring up earlier for for ten seconds that when you were talking about chainsaw wood carvings, I saw one with my friend, and they carved like a beaver or something, and it's really impressive. But when you walked outside of like uh, like the the stadium, like this little little stands, there are like these sculptures on the floor, and they are of mushrooms, but they totally look like dicks, and it was really funny. <laughs> That's funny. And we have we actually have like a local it's guy so who has a business on like the side of a major road and he just does it live so all the cool. time like those lumber lumber like shows a, they're really yeah cool. well it's not even like a show he just sells the okay. product it's about it's about the statue but like he does it out, you know in well, in yeah. plain view the one that i went to it was like we're two two uh bombastic lumberjacks so one lumberjack uh announcer and like a crow and this goes all right everybody here we got the two fastest axes in and this side of the country yeah. And we're having chopped down this tree, y'all here? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So manly. I, just, I have so much respect for people who uh, use reductive mediums as far as art mm. goes. Mm. It's it's such a dude, I just nut dude all the time. Yeah. I was I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but like if you do reductive art, you're just better than people who don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking is. at I was looking at this bronze sculpture from like the 1700s at um, at the sculpture park that I go to pretty often, and it was like this really intricate scene of like this this Greek man and woman like hugging each other, and like the cloth like wraps around their body beautifully, and they have like intricate hair designs, and it was in bronze, and like they didn't have torches mm-hmm. back then. How the fuck did you make something that interesting out of bronze back then? Dude, chisels and sandpaper. You can't sand. It's just, it's just really impressive. It's, it's like that um, one SpongeBob episode yeah, where they look I, at the block of marble and then they hit it once and it turns into. <laughs> I want to know, like, I've never actually seen like. Are there people that get into like sculpting, like big sculptures? initially like you know what i mean like Uh, you know how like people's first drawings it's like oh well i'm gonna pick up a tablet and i'm gonna do digital art and that's gonna be my first what if like somebody like give me that that fucking big block (laughs) of marble dude we're gonna make it work holy shit no they usually start with clay and start clay or like wood yeah Yeah. Well, I, I would just love to see somebody who is, like, making, like, granite sculptures or some shit. <laughs> and, like, they're just starting out and they have no idea what they're doing. And they're making this weird abstraction. And it would be so interesting to see. Uh, what, I'm, yeah. what I'm really saying is that I want to see somebody make a sculpture without, like, like a, a chiseling sculpture. Like a very big one without any prior knowledge of how to do it. I want to see what it looks like at the end. Like oh, w- yeah. when they're either happy or they give up. I want to see someone coming out of the womb cutting marble. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you saying that you're pushing for a uh, big sculpture to be part of the common curriculum in America? Uh, dude, I would love to see that. I feel like it's kind of underrepresented in With the a chainsaw? World. Maybe we should get more scul. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> chainsaws, but... Like like stone sculptures and shit. I think that stuff's yeah, awesome. awesome. With a pickaxe. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, that that we push well, uh, big sculptures at, at my school nice. a lot, um, but with a, a bunch of like different found materials. Yeah. There's this one visiting artist who did sculptures out of all recycled stuff, and so she created 
this one installation, which was a, a forest of um, trees she made out of like newspaper mm. that she wrapped around this log continuously. Damn. And then there's all the newspapers had like different events throughout history that meant something. So you just walked into this forest of history. Oh, it now, was like the coolest thing ever. Well, that's, um, but that's not reductive. I don't care about True. that. That's, but that's not that's a on your computer. <laughs> I want, I want to see people have a giant block of recycled newspaper <laughs> and chisel it down <laughs> into a forest. We, we have reductive stuff too. Yeah. Um, what you want to do is you want to see someone take a yeah. huge canvas that's just covered with charcoal and have someone take a big ass eraser and just draw something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, I, I mean, there is like, uh, what, what's the shit called where you like etch into the. Oh yeah, sketchboard. Yeah. yeah, sketchboard. Like that's like actually. Yeah, yeah, oh my, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I I always wanted to like buy those scratch scratchy things uh, of um, Amazon, which like have a rainbow rainbow color background or something. Scratchy things. I want I want to I want to draw stuff from that. Sketchboard, yeah. but it has like a rainbow backing instead of a white. Yeah, background. just they're really cool. And just sketch. <laughs> just sketch, yeah. I mean, essentially, yes, but uh, I'm pretty sure you can erase on edge sketches. Uh, yeah, you just gotta shake it real hard. Yeah. I have a friend who made an etch a sketch portrait of me, and it actually turned Holy out really shit. well. That's awesome. And the, that's like the only thing he can do. <laughs> that's the only thing he <laughs> can do. <laughs> Dude, but like, imagine, like, imagine you get your etch a sketch, right? And you get like 500 of them, and you make a gigantic portrait out of 500 etch sketches, dude. That I'm shit's pretty sure crazy. it's been done. And then somebody bumps no! into it. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. And then there's an earthquake, and you watch as the Mona Lisa slowly disintegrates no. into nothing. <laughs> that would be but part no. of the art, right? And then after that, you just encase them in a giant acrylic block, and it's a giant oh, you're piece. Right. You freeze them in liquid nitrogen, so it can never be damaged. What, what do you guys think about people like this is kind of artistic like taking like acrylic uh shit and like mixing it with broken wood to make uh, uh that's really cool tables that, and stuff. that stuff is cool yeah i'm into it yeah so i think it's cool but on principle i don't like it because you're actually like ruining the wood are you and like taking hmm. yeah because you can't recycle that wood oh once. yeah i guess so yeah yeah so so i i i think it's a net negative even if it's artistically cool i mean what if you <laughs> because it's it's actually becoming like really popular right now yeah. which is which is kind of worrisome but it's like oh it's popular now never mind i, I hate it now that it's popular <laughs> <laughs> what if you take that wood table and you use it for like generations you know what you use it for a long time doesn't it not like match its value. Well, that's not, that's not recycling. That's reusing it. Oh fuck! I forgot. Reuse, reduce, recycle. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say re- re- reduce, repurpose, recycle. But yeah, that's you know better, what I mean. Yeah. It's whatever. Just yeah. Uh, anyway, since we're talking about recycling on the creativity podcast, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys have anything like? else you want to add to the conversation because i mean we're, we're pretty we're pretty far on time and i'm tired of shit do, do we need to talk about passion at all or like passion? blocks and stuff 
Hmm. Dude, both of those things are all in your head, dude. They don't matter. You don't need passion or a writer's block. Maybe, maybe passion is the engine that needs the fuel of creativity in order to traverse these vast plains known as life or something. Um, I think that, like... Uh, I don't know. Like, do you think that creativity can be forced out of your mind? In what, it in what way? Because, like, how do you mean forced? Because like... when, when you talk about, like, writer's block, right? Oh, okay. I feel like when you have writer's block, you're you're you don't have the idea, right? You don't have the the creativity right now. You're you're running on empty, and you're trying to squeeze the gasoline out of the tank, but it's just not gonna come out because it's not there. Yeah, yeah. I think that. And then the equivalent to like refueling that would be like taking some time doing something mm-hmm. else, or taking a break, or taking your mind off of it, and then the creativity refuels or comes yeah. back Cause, yeah cause, that's like, usually that's, the best thing that's literally always the answer when people say hey I have writer's block what do I do and Nothing. it's like every single time the answer is like well, you should take a break from what you're doing and you should uh, think about other things and come back to it and it's like okay well yeah. Because, like, if there was another answer we would see yeah. it a lot right Yeah, I think that on a theoretical level I think that it's possible to just break through writer's block, but of course it's not practical. And I think it's because like, if, if like I'm gonna view writer's block as all the all the creative roads that you go down are like roadblock. There's construction. You can't fucking go past, and there's like nowhere for you to go, and the ideas aren't coming in. So like, but theoretically, like if you're learning all the time, you're finding new paths to go in. You're finding new ways to express yourself. So like, if you have uh, if you have writer's block or artist block or something, and all your roads are blocked off, like if you, you could theoretically, I think, like just, just find another one that you could express yourself towards, and maybe going down some other path will open up ones over time. I don't know. Or maybe going back. It's very theoretical. Sometimes so too. Yeah. Um, I'll try to add something new to the conversation, though. I guess, like Wait, maybe this is how you another... get out of writer's block. You watch <laughs> a show in an anime. That's, well, that's the same as taking your mind off something. I mean, but you'll get motivated again <laughs> to keep trying. But I want to try to add something new to the conversation that I don't see very often, and uh, it's like maybe a fresh perspective is what you need rather yeah, than. Yeah, I, I, I was going to add to to that too. Like, like in, in, instead of being pretentious and being like, "No, my creation has to come from me and me alone." <laughs> uh, maybe maybe try talking to some like-minded people about it and seeing yeah, what they yeah. think. And you know, if you just don't know how to draw that arm, you know, you can't figure out how you want the musculature to look. You know, just be like, "Hey, man, how do you think this musculature should <laughs> yeah. look?" Yeah, I, I've been doing that a lot more recently when I can't break through. I just show it to you guys, and there's always something I haven't, my eyes haven't picked up on that people are like, "Oh, this is obvious." Yeah, and yeah. I bet I can immediately break through after taking that little break and just sharing. Yeah, because like when people think about like writing blocks, they think about writing, but like it's not always writing. I'm, I think it can apply to literally yeah, anything. It's a thinking block. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it doesn't sound as kind of like thinking block. I just want to call it writer's okay. block. <laughs> it's like athlete's foot. Like you can still get athlete's foot even if you're not an athlete. I guess so. Yeah. As, mu- as artist, much as artist's foot. Artist's foot. <laughs> <laughs> you know. As much as you want to like create your own stuff and express yourself, 
um, making art is basically still problem solving, usually. And well, I, it's totally fine to like talk to people and ask them, ask them how they would do it or like look at other people, how they did something. I think that helps a lot and people don't consider it enough. Well, you mean problem solving as in like the process of taking something in your head and then working out the logistics of putting it on paper, yeah. putting it into reality. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I think that how I view like what the like what what the amalgamation of a person is like what 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 the definitive thing that a person is is like the collection of experiences around them it's like even if you yourself are creating art it's more so that a collection of outside influences is creating art through you so adding an extra influence in the now is not a bad thing and maybe not something to be conceited about you know so so basically nothing yeah. is real you are not real nothing is real yes no i don't think that's true but <laughs> i don't know i i feel like this this perspective of mine is the best one and no one else should have any other perspective <laughs> it sounds like you're really leaning towards uh the nurture argument in nature versus nurture um yeah well i i mean when people talk about like talent and things like that i feel like it's it's mostly more, more about like what's around you and what what leads you to do things rather than what like you're born with i don't think alex was born with a trumpet in his mouth you know <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, it just oh, doesn't yes. it doesn't make sense like based on who we are like Sure, there are like extreme outliers, like Mr. Savant, and yeah. like, or even people who are like cripplingly, hilariously bad at things for seemingly no reason. Like, that could be like some sort of block they have within their like mind or their makeup, but that's like an outlier. Yeah. Like, for the most part, like anyone can do anything with enough determination. Yeah, if you're like willing to learn stuff. And not just say your second drawing. Yeah, man. If and never yeah. try. If you took because if you gotta have talent and you don't have talent, it's like hopeless. You should just die, right? So <laughs> no, I, I can't subscribe to that. Real, <laughs> if you take the most <laughs> backwater hillbilly on the planet, you put him in a room and you had him draw twenty four seven every single day. You had him do all these art exercises. He'd be awesome at some point. I hope. Yeah. yeah. Well, even on a smaller scale, if you give someone a Rubik's cube, like who thought their entire life they could never figure it out, like eventually they will. You know, they just gotta work at it. That's that's what I'm trying to do with eating with chopsticks, and I still can't. Do <laughs> you can't eat with chopsticks. That's Get un-American. The hell out of this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm not American. <laughs> Listen. Okay. Quick question. Do you think it's racist for me to only use chopsticks at a Chinese restaurant? No. What? Why would it be? See, there are people, <laughs> there are people that call that cultural appropriation. No, they give you chopsticks. What are you supposed to do with them? I, but they also, get, they also give you a fork. You and know? you have the freedom and, of and choice me, in this free country. Me being the straight white male uh, here. No one gives a <laughs> shit, to be honest. 
<laughs> no, it's something. It's like this, like fringe shit that I've heard recently. It's it's not a common viewpoint, but I've totally That's heard hilarious. it. People <laughs> saying that like white people aren't allowed to use chopsticks <laughs> at Chinese restaurants, like, or if white people do, they should just use it all the time instead of like. In that instance, uh, you know, guys, uh, I, I was ro- I was worried that like the whole episode is just gonna be this deep shit. I'm, I'm glad that the memes have finally arrived. Yeah. I'll have you know that you I'm know? I'm extremely happy whenever I see uh, a white person using chopsticks. It feels like my my country's really spreading. Yeah. <laughs> what What do you What do you How do you feel when you see like some like five year old kid like stab the sweet and sour chicken with the chopstick? I imagine that the sweet and sour chicken he just stabbed is actually his like eye, and then it makes me feel. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I okay, like real shit. I actually think that like chopsticks are like awesome. The superior utensil. Yes. For everything but like soups and stuff. <laughs> well, for soups you just slurp it. Like. Yeah, that's I. I really, I seriously I mean, think that we don't we don't need like knives or forks. We could just use chopsticks and spoons for everything. You know, uh, also, right. shoutouts to Kiki for not liking soups. I will kill you. <laughs> C- come, I uh, hit me up. I'll visit you and fucking make you a good soup. Well, because Confucius originally proposed the idea of using chopsticks because they wanted to be different from like the savages that just eat with their hands. So like they. They, the Chinese, they tasked themselves with the point. challenge of using, like, two sticks, and they've figured out a way to make it so versatile and, like, used in so many different ways. I love it. I thought it was about not using, like, weapons to eat because eating is supposed to be a civilized thing. That, too. Thing. It's all related to trying to not be savages. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. You know, one time, my cousin got really mad at me because he was like we had some instant ramen that we were yeah. cooking in the uh um in the pot mm-hmm. right like in the pan or whatever and he uh he started eating it out of the pan mm. and there was another pan he's like dude just make yours and eat it out of the pan i'm like i'm not a barbarian he got really <laughs> mad at me <laughs> oh. you hit him where it hurts um yeah, I think I was like seventeen. He was fifteen, but like it was very, <laughs> it hit it hit deep. I don't know. I don't know. Proceeds what do you guys to eat with a hand? What do you, what do you think of racism, Phil? Was this is our last topic? No, no, please. Uh, I'm not in. I'm not into it. You're not <laughs> into it. How about is that you okay? <laughs> See, I feel like, like, do you guys think it's okay for certain races to be racist? Are we actually talking about this? <laughs> I want to talk about chopsticks. No, I just listen. I'm asking the hard-hitting questions here, dude. I'm a I hard-hitting mean, journalist. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've Trojan horsed me into a racism discussion. <laughs> I mean, if, if yes. you if you want to become bribe. the Jew, I'll say you you kind of have to be racist. I'll, I'll let you know that within I, China, specifically, like there's such intense racism among themselves within like it's regional racism, like. Because in China, if you go, there's so many fucking people that, if you go from, um, like one, one side of the country to the other, it's a completely different country. Like more so than it is in the states, personally, because you you go to somewhere else. You go from Beijing all the way to fucking something I Zhang something Shu. I can't pronounce. Where they where they fish all day. Like they're speaking a fundamentally like, it's it's drastically different language. Like in the way it's executed. And 
Well, that's how it is in well, Germany, yeah, too. different food. It's they not look that different. Bad, to be honest. They smell different. You don't feel at home. They attack you. You, you die. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They I'm shoot pretty, you with yeah. guns. I, I would have noticed, no. Because I'm moving, like, fr- from the north to, like, the south. Yeah, but you're like, like you'll go to the south, and they'll be like, "Dude, this guy's a mountain person," <laughs> and they'll call you a mountain person. Uh, the only thing that I've noticed so far is about anything related to this at all is that I sometimes don't understand what the teachers are, th- are saying, and that's all. <laughs> that sounds pretty impactful. I don't know. Like in my college town, um, there's like, I. I knew this Russian guy, his name was Roman, he worked at the pizza shop with me, and, um, there's, like, there's, like, a Russian sector in State College, (laughs) so it's just where all the Russian people go and live, and there's a Russian sector, and then inside of the Russian sector, there's the Ukrainian sector. They're, they're, They're separated, right? And the Russians always call the Ukrainians drunk Russian, b- drunk Russians, because they speak Russian, but in such a vastly different way that they're just hard to understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, th- I think. Um, I, I and I thought that was fascinating. But another thing is, like, when I moved to Iowa, they told me I talked weird, which was they're they're like, dude, your accent's weird. I'm like, what accent, dude? What are you talking about? I'm just speaking American, man. <laughs> well, the, I'm sure I have a Pennsylvania accent, but I, I have no idea what what that's you, supposed to sound like. You and me, you and me, we're in we're in Pennsylvania, dude. We got it. We got it like that. I think people yeah. in the Midwest. I, I'm sure when I move out to the West, I'll, I'll it'll be yeah, noticeable. I think people in the Midwest just believe they don't have accents, which is true of me. I don't believe I have one. Well, I. Th- I think that that's, like, true for, like, everyone, because you're just around yeah. people who talk the same as you, yeah. you know? I think so, but, like, for the Midwest, it's, like, especially strong. I think, like, we as a region think that we don't have accents <laughs> for some reason. God. Do you guys do you guys say sack or bag over there when you're talking about fucking grocery bags? Bag. Yep. Okay. Because, like, <laughs> you start going too far Midwest, they'll just be like, you want a sack? sack. <laughs> you want you want that in a sack? It's fucking no. I hate it. I hate the fucking like local vernacular of the yeah. Midwest. It's uh, terrible. Guys, would it, would it be worth it to, for me to like um, read up or talk with people about like different parts of America? For uh no. If you're interested, <laughs> wait. What do you the mean? The only thing I know is like LA is on one coast, New York is on the other, and like. Uh, yeah, Texas in, in, in is the, mid- the middle. Midwest. That's literally all you need in the to Midwest, know. <laughs> there's tons of pop punk musicians. Just know that the west side is California. The right side is New York. New York. Oh, nowhere, Alaska, <laughs> Hawaii. Are, and the bottom side is uh, Texas. And the little penis on the bottom right is Florida. That's it. I mean, uh, you could you could even omit, you can Florida. omit Florida. I don't really think it's necessary. Yeah. Florida's just like flood. Alex, water. I want to see. I want to see you, Alex. I draw a map of the U.S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a map, a huge map behind me. I yeah, we can not look at it. Have looked at it before. I wanted to life. see a really inaccurate one. Um, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> It'd be really so, yeah. funny. I, I'll ask a uh, classmate guy for advice for general uh, map drawing. Well, that's map. the thing. It's like even if like one of us tried to draw Germany, like I have, I have a very vague understanding of the shape of Germany. I don't really know what it looks uh. like necessarily. It would just be a blob. I have 
I'm, I don't know. Well, it's it's like a weird like you guys know the symbols on like the military like shoulders that have the arrows pointing down. Mm. It's like mm. one of those crests, dude. It's, but like not really. Can it's you, weird. Can you draw <laughs> Italy? Yeah. Italy. Italy has a bunch of islands. Can you draw? Isn't it just like a shoe? It's a, it's it's a, a boot. Heel. Yeah. yeah, it's a boot. Yeah. There it yeah. is. I can draw Michigan, dude. It's a fucking yeah. glove, dude. It's an but can you man. draw the Upper Peninsula? Mm. That's a challenge. Listen, <laughs> it's wait. <laughs> uh, you, can, can, you can call it a peninsula, but I don't think it's real. Okay, yeah, you're right. It doesn't exist. It's not like my college is there <laughs> or anything. <laughs> All right, to to kind of end this, do we want to like go through everyone and like? Everyone like talk maybe about like one very specific specific thing like underappreciated art form I guess because like I I thought of this when I was reminded of classmates guys um, like hobby of map drawing he just draws maps a lot yeah yeah I think that's really cool Mm. and like I've never seen that before. Um, Do you guys know there are people it's it's actually <laughs> it's actually interesting because like there are people like if you get a fantasy book oh my fuck <laughs> if you get a fantasy book like written and it has a map in the beginning you like you like hire a map drawer to draw it you know what I mean yeah it's true so it's it's like an actual thing I don't know underappreciated like creative endeavors I would say like I don't know spot welding Mending pieces of metal together with a torch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't me, know. Is that creative? Yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Those guys fix trains, dude. Like it's sick. But they follow it like a sick. regiment. Though. It's not. They don't have to. They don't have to find new like off the handle creative ways to fix trains on the job. <laughs> There's a manual that tells you how. It's just. <laughs> It's like art, dude. It's just yeah, lines. He's like, the welder's like, dude, I want to try fusing this part to this part. No one's ever done that before. That'll be so cool. And the train derails no, and never dies. Uh, oh, speed for, running? For real, for real, though, like, uh, I think, like, the people that make those, like, robots that kill each other, I think that's pretty cool. I oh, think that's, yeah. like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Honestly, like engineering is the coolest creative endeavor yeah, because I've, it's I've like kind of it's into, the least cr- it's this. the least most creative thing <laughs> engineering is. Uh, for me, uh, shout outs to William Osman, really cool guy on YouTube. He like builds shit. For me, I'm gonna say basket weaving with like raw materials is really fucking. Oh yeah, interesting. That's cool. Oh yeah. dude, no, I I think okay. Yeah, I love it. Like making flower crowns. People. People that make shit out of wicker need to like be removed. I didn't Dude, say wicker. I don't think I it's good. I didn't say wicker. It can be uh, wood. It can bark. It can be something like that. It can be. Yeah, wood. sure. If you make baskets out of those things, it's cool. But if you do wicker art, it's just get out of, okay, get out yeah. of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Phil? You have a, you have an underappreciated creative form. Man, I I feel like mine's not as underappreciated or as obscure i was just gonna say like drawing backgrounds like no one wants to do it no, oh yeah i'm someone that's who does point, that actually. that's that everyone really cool. wants to be a character artist 
and yep. like a concept yeah. artist. But the like, background are so important. It's what the characters are. No in. one wants to play the fucking second trumpet in a school band. I fucking hate it. I mean, <laughs> the second trumpet has even the though I'm better. Task. I need to. I always need to play second or third trumpet. But man, you have the important. You have the I, important task of glorifying the first trumpet. You should feel proud. Yeah, no. just like the background artist does for the, <laughs> the character artist, dude. It's the same yeah, thing. Same okay. Thing. Alright. Well, uh, you, 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 backgrounds are so hard to draw, though. Like, how do you even conceptualize it? It's fun. Um, I mean, you know. Put it, have you ever just it's fun, but that doesn't answer my question. Draw a <laughs> horizon line, draw a few boxes, and then connect the boxes to the horizon line. And then add shading. <laughs> you have an environment. I, I don't even draw like like you don't even I don't even use perspective lines. I use a horizon yeah. line, but like it's mostly just like I do hundreds of thumbnails of blobs right. and I try to just use my imagination and be like, Oh, what is this? Is this a canyon? Is this a right. forest? And it's I don't know, it's like very uh stream yeah. of consciousness. Designing backgrounds is great, especially if we're going in like I'm gonna. I design a lot of natural backgrounds, and I focus a lot on like doing doing like Same. rocks and shit, and like trees and like bodies of water. And I think designing that is really cool because not only do you get to d decide how it looks, you have to reason with yourself. Like, if this existed in the real world, what would be the impacts of this environment? Like, if I made this river and this river bent Dude. off at this specific Man, that's area, so cool. like I need to I need to add like some like some soft bank on this side of the. Fucking, uh, mm -hmm. Do you think this that fun. drawing natural backgrounds is easier than drawing like architectural ones? Oh yeah, I, I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, because it, it it seems like a natural background is kind of formless. Like you can I don't just have to follow any rules. Yeah, you can just well, draw I shapes do, and be like, much. well, this is now a river. This is now a bank off the river. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, I unlock my inner Bob Ross when yeah. I do those. Because drawing natural backgrounds, it's like you can use a lot of implication within your line work or, or your painting. Like you can you, you can use a lot of techniques that imply sky. You can use a lot of techniques that imply that yeah. like the colors of the tree get that the trees get like redder and like, redder. But in fucking buildings, holy shit, different story. Natural backgrounds. Natural backgrounds are like taking out your six shooter and shooting from the hip <laughs> but like like buildings are like meticulously aiming your winchester rifle getting the perfect shot you know what i mean but you still hit the target with both both methods letting you know um possibly yeah you know if you shoot six shots at someone you're more likely to hit them than if you were to shoot one right uh, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. wait a minute wait, wait a minute <laughs> More bullets uh, equals anyways. more bullets. More bullets equals <laughs> higher percentage chance that you hit something. Yeah, more bullets means higher combo and more points. Am I right, gamers? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so, so stylish. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, backgrounds are fucking sick. That's how I feel about, like... Also about... But, like, I feel like... They're, like, so unappreciated, like, how much they they actually do for the vibe and stuff for like a scene or like even same yeah. thing with like with like fucking back background synths and percussion and stuff for music it, yeah, it can man, be so I cool I play the drums I understand like, yeah 
You don't have to do any, any visual novel developers. Hit me up. Uh, I will help nice. with your backgrounds. Um, Phil, I'm gonna, club too. I'm gonna tell you how people too. do visual novels. No, you're novels. not. No, because you know nothing about visual novels. Shut the fuck. Yeah. Up. yeah. <laughs> let, me take, let me take. Let me. Let me take a picture and, uh, of a school and, and fucking add a watercolor painting. fucking filter. Yeah, sick. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> you don't know. Man, I took pictures of the school that exists in real life, and I'm gonna take pictures. From you know, a bunch you know of who else does that? Gonna... Inio Asano. Inio Asano fucking does that. Get out of my yeah, house. Yeah, because he's too lazy to pay back no, artists. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> this is oh what pixel art is superior because you have to. Okay, do wait, wait, wait. Own. Okay, so hold on. I wanna, I wanna question. I wanna pick your brain real quick about background art specifically without. Any contentious bullshit, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think that it is harder to add like character to a background than it is to add character to a character? Oh, um, two different things. Uh, I guess, but it's not that much harder. I because that's how I work. I, I usually like I do my background first and then I add in the character instead of the other way around. Um, it's not that hard because like I, I really get to know my backgrounds a lot. Not, I do a lot of like terraforming and I figure out the forms. But yeah, I, I just feel like you need like <laughs> I feel like you need some sort of like background or like weird anomalies going on in the background to add like some sort of like life to your your backgrounds you know but i guess that's only if the background is the only part of the piece right you don't need you don't need it if it's a backdrop to i guess it's wait is it is it a background if the whole piece is the background no uh, then the background is like no, for it's example, a landscape the painting the like it's a landscape piece yeah, I think okay. it's it's more or less interchangeable, but background usually is used so, to uh, describe like a more detailed environment. Yeah, whereas a backdrop is just a, when, like a scene that you put your characters in front of. When when I say okay, so let me let me reiterate the question: Is it harder to add like life and a character or and character to a landscape piece or to like a, a simple character drawing? I think it's harder to do that in the environment. Wait than as an actual character because like with a character you can just add shit to them right you just give him a nose ring and suddenly he's he's got a whole new fucking depth you know yeah but but with 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 like landscape it has to be continuous and and make sense and also like i mean that's the beauty of it isn't it well yeah this is the beauty of it, but it's hard. Well, well, <laughs> you can make a character aggressive by like by like uh, furrowing his brow and having him have a short haircut, maybe like a scar or uh, a bandage on his cheek or something, and you give him like this this grimacing face. But to if you wanted to instill like aggression within the landscape, you'd have to like like for example, you could angle all these like, like dead trees inwards and have these like sharp angles and these dark colors, or, like gnarled yeah, branches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like... but you have to think like. Because when you're drawing the character, you have to go, oh, I want to add this and add this in order to make... Because these are angry elements, and now I have an angry phrase. But when you're making an environment, you have to be like, uh, this environment that I'm making has to not only take all these these elements that, like, 
are not necessarily angry on their own, but I have to use all of them in order to form anger, like somehow with the the way I use uh, mm. my scene. I th- yeah. yeah, I have more fun when I'm drawing know. backgrounds than I'm doing characters. Actually, I, I guess maybe like, like landscapes are more of like an evolving construction, whereas like making a character is just construction. Hmm. You know, because because everything branches out from a landscape, but as far as a character goes, you can just kind of slap shit on. <laughs> I don't uh. know. I, I don't I don't think so because I've had to for the past four no for the past year I've been working on a bunch of characters and like they doing concept art for them has been it's very similar to how I explore my landscapes you know, and I there's just more repetition of drawing the same thing over and over. I think too. it's yeah. like exactly the same thing, but we just think of characters way more actively. Maybe landscapes yeah. seem would, harder if to me would because I don't draw them. Anymore, it would be easier than characters. Maybe my love for backgrounds is clouding my judgment. It definitely is. I'm sure you've watched some videos where uh, an, an analyst has been like, oh, the, the background is like another character yes, in yes, the I story. Have. And like, I but subscribe it, to thinking of that. It seems like, even if it's like just another character... It seems like a more complex, more busy character. You it's know what, what I mean? It's what gives yeah. your, your characters inherent relatability and personality based on the fact where they are. Like, let's say you, you take this really sweet-looking girl and you put her in this harsh, industrial, like, aggressive environment that's, like, dirty and polluted with smog. Like, putting that character in that environment already inherently generates a contrast and therefore a story. So you can, you know, you you take an anime girl and give her a gun. Yeah, if you do that, well, <laughs> like I'm saying, I based mean, on the context of the background and the environment, a character gets more depth um, based on the nature of the character interacting with that of the environment. Follow me on Twitter to see anime girls with yeah. guns. Not ones that I drew. I'm gonna steal that idea. That that seems like a good character. What a girl with a gun! Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I love girls with guns. <laughs> guns I like gunslinger uh, uh, girls. Like whatever, it's okay. They're like six but, girls like, with guns I in that f- show. I feel like people. I feel like there are a lot of artists that don't know how to draw how to draw guns, and when they try, it comes out like really lazily. Cause they I, I have trouble with it, yeah. Because, like, guns are so, like, geometric and beautiful. Yeah, they're, like, mechanical. It's like... Yeah, yeah, it's like drawing a fucking mech, but it's, yeah. like, this streamlined thing that a character is really holding. It's really cool. And you have to convey, like... Guns are like trains, dude. They have personality. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. How would I cast her faces? Honestly, drawing guns is like drawing characters, dude. And it's like drawing <laughs> landscapes. It's it's all the same. <laughs> drawing drawing is all the same, dude. Alright. It's all just uh, guns, dude. It's all guns. Uh I think I'm gonna end it now. Are you guys done? I'm done. Uh, I think yeah. Wait, right, good. what did you draw the most in middle school? I draw I don't fucking guns, dude. Uh Naruto. Because no, I, I drew guns like swords and, and swords. Shit. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. And Pokemon Swords. and Sonic. <laughs> I like Chase Goku. Uh, yeah. 
Oh my god! I'd like I wish to. I would have drawn Vocaloids. I'd like to. This is why you're so superior to everyone. I would like to thank Vocaloids. Phil for bearing with us and diverging into our Trojan horse of discussion that he was not prepared yes. for. At all. <laughs> thank you. I need to pull the reins on this one. No, we're going like an hour past how far I wanted to go. Um, That's fine. Hey man, it was, yeah. it was cool. Thanks for having so, me on. Yeah. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, ch- check out Phil's stuff. Keep doing you. Do you have like an art station or some shit? I apply? I'm literally on everything. Check me out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, DeviantArt, Tumblr, ArtStation, Twitch. And your your draw fill draw. Yep, that's check, that's check my out, brand. Check out draw fill draw anywhere good art is sold. Judo uh, has a Twitter or some shit. So does <laughs> Alex. So do I. We plug it every podcast. You know what it is. Uh, see you guys. See you. Bye. Peace. Oh yeah, I'm doing a Dark Souls run.